1: We continue with the effect on our most vulnerable citizens. There are more than half a million people living with dementia and their caregivers face special challenges in trying To guide them through this. Let me give out the numbers if you have comments or questions. I know a lot of people are in that situation. 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 740 4740 And right now I'm joined by Dr. Saskia Sivananthan, Chief Science Officer at the Alzheimer's Society of Canada. Hi, Dr. Sivananthan. How are you doing? Hi, I'm fine. Thanks for having me. Okay. Uh, so I imagine that there are two big issues here. First of all, if uh, someone is suffering with dementia, uh, they can't really understand what's going on and uh, what they should be doing. And the other is that they usually do do better when they have their family and their friends around them. Hmm. Um.
2: Well, I think I'd I'd start by saying that dementia is already a disease that has significant stigma. People living with dementia face discrimination in many different ways, and it can lead to isolation. So when you add the pandemic of of COVID-19 on top of that, it can really make this an even more stigmatizing and isolating experience. Uh, But you're right, uh, depending on the stage of dementia that people have, because, of course, when you're at the earlier stages of dementia this not, might not be as challenging as as when you are later in the later stages uh people with dementia do tend to do better with familiar faces and with routine so of course with the pandemic it can be difficult for them to sometimes um understand or be able to 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 follow the procedures that we now have in place such as phys- excuse me physical distancing and personal care um, but that doesn't mean that it's not possible. There are certainly things that we can do to try and, and support them to be able to, um, to, to continue with them. And, but more importantly, I think the, the bigger concern are, are caregivers of people living with dementia. Uh, we already know that there can be quite a bit of stress um, for in, in terms of providing that care, even when you do have access uh, to regular health services and, and to programs and services. And so now... Not having that access or having it in a very different way can be particularly challenging uh, because you might n- no longer um, have day programs or respite care to give caregivers a bit of a break. Uh, so, yes, we are concerned about it, but there are absolutely things that we're doing to try and address some of those challenges.
1: Can you uh, give people who are listening, give our audience an, an idea? I mean, uh, say uh, the person you're caring for is somebody who is at, uh, you know, a middle or more advanced stage. I mean, how do you get them to cooperate with social distancing or with frequent hand washing?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I think the approaches that most um, carers of people living with dementia Uh, take for any other uh, routine um, activity would be the same thing that you would apply here. It would just mean having to have some extra steps in place uh, before you get to the hand washing um, or before um, you are trying to explain what social or or physical distancing is. So um, uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. First of all, Uh, I want to just touch briefly on dementia itself because people do have preconceived notions about what it is and what it looks like Um, and uh, it is to understand that it's an umbrella term for a range of diseases. So Alzheimer's disease is the most common but it includes other ones like Lewy body disease, frontal temporal dementia, vascular dementia and they can have different symptoms and they can have um, uh, different trajectories so that's important to keep in mind. We think about the memory loss, but that's that's not the only uh, component of the dementia, uh, and it can and that means that the approach that you take with the person who's living with dementia will be different depending on what kind of dementia they have and and where they are in in that disease. Um, but for example, if we were to talk about physical distancing, and this could be particularly challenging because we know those familiar faces um and routine is, is so important um but we're stressing that it's physical distancing but not social distancing the social connectedness is still so important and even more essential in in this time um, And and so we have some tips uh, that we're sharing on our website and Yeah so we can you resources. share one or two of them with us Absolutely um so the the first one i'd say is um pick up the phone and call the person. Uh, I think we we don't use that enough or we think that we don't need to use it, but it's important that we do still talk to the person um, who's living with dementia. Give them a call. Um, it just means that the approach, you don't want to just assume that they know who you are and, and and don't get upset if they don't because they're not able to see your face necessarily, but you could reintroduce yourself and and talk to them about where they what they're doing right now and 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 have that conversation um, we would also say to stay connected virtually as much as possible so um, if you can use FaceTime or Skype and you can connect with the caregiver or someone who is around the person living with dementia to stay connected virtually, use those, um, use those, uh, uh, those means of, of staying socially connected, even if you have to be physically distant.
1: Okay, I'm going to take a call from Lynn
3: in Peterborough. Hi, Lynn. Hi. You're on the air. Go ahead. Okay, I'm only calling because um, I'm really concerned. There's um, Pinecrest Long-Term Care in Bob Cajun. My daughter-in-law works there. She works in activities, but she's been doing um, frontline work for the last week straight because uh, they don't have any help. They have no help. They have 65 residents, three people looking after them. They're all on trace. Three are already COVID-19 positive. Two residents died that weren't even confirmed COVID-19. I'm afraid all 70, all 65 probably have it and they can't get help. Um, we have already notified the premier. Long term care keeps phoning there. What do you need? They need help, not supplies, they just need
1: hands on help. Yeah well um we just talked to the minister and she said she's in touch um and, yes, and she frankly didn't quite answer she said they're working on it and uh, she didn't quite answer the question that I had if there was a shortage of staff to begin with you know how are you know how are they going to get staff she said they're trying to contact people who are retired to come back uh and I guess you have to see how it works uh, but, you know, there's often, uh, what can I say, a, a disconnect between what people are doing and planning at the top and what is happening on the ground. Uh, and uh, I know.
3: And long-term care um, and the health unit, they're all familiar. They all phone every day to see how things are going. And meanwhile, these vulnerable people are dropping dead. And uh, there is no hands-on help. They've reached out to some of the private companies that provide PSWs, and they can't get help. I,
1: I would imagine, you know what, Lynn, um, keep, keep in touch with us on this. We'll see if it gets any better now that there are emergency measures in place.
3: I hope so, because like I say, even the staff, they're all out on quarantine. Eight of them are COVID-19. Um, and like I say, my daughter in law works in activities, but she's doing frontline work because she feels badly. For
1: and you're worried older. for her for sure, right? Oh, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, thank you. you know? for, thank you very much, Lynn, for your call. And, and we hope to hear from you as this, uh, this uh, progresses. Thanks very much. Okay, thank you. Okay. Well there you go. Uh, so that's somebody who probably uh, Dr. Saskia would have been doing activities for people with dementia.
3: Yeah,
2: that's right. And and we've been hearing about that where staff who are doing other types of activities are are, are now moving to cross functional and just helping out wherever they can and it's it's particularly concerning in long-term care. I absolutely hear and feel for Lynn and and then again when you consider these are they're people living with dementia and a much larger proportion of them would be living in long-term care, the kinds of supports and hands-on needs that they have that that aren't being met is is absolutely um, a huge concern.
1: Okay, uh, I'm afraid we're going to have to wrap it up there. Dr. Saskia, Sivananth, and thank you so much for being with us.
2: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.